for himself where he has a difficult time truly being a man in the head of his house. And so they hired black females over the black male. They're still doing it today. And so the man gets to the point where it feels like he's nothing, has no self-confidence, no self-worth. Then they've worked this thing on us where we can't work together, won't work together. They have purposely, insidiously planted the distrust of one black for another because they know that if we ever get together, if we ever become one, we will become dangerous. fan for fan line and blessings to you for checking out today's podcast so we we want to continue with that and and proceed on in our subject uh the section of the uh series that i'm on now is racism now last week i made a statement in the context of my message and i don't want it i don't want to be any more misunderstood than i already am so I, I want to make this statement to hopefully clarify for some who might not understand. I, I mentioned just almost as we close about the fact that uh, many black people in America have low self-esteem, inferiority complex syndrome. So there are still people today, unfortunately, that still have that. And I made mention of the fact that I used to have that too. I used to have a very strong inferiority complex. I felt very uneasy about myself and I didn't feel very good about myself. And then I made a statement in the context of last week's lesson that I got free. Well, I don't want you to think I got free when God gave me this assignment to deal with race, religion and racism. And so that now that I'm talking about blacks, that suddenly now I'm taking pride in us and all of a sudden I'm delivered now and no longer have low self-esteem. For your information, I got rid of my low self-esteem and my inferiority complex 27 years ago when I found out how to walk by faith. That's what set me free. Okay? And I thought, as I've already explained in one of the other lessons, I thought that once a person found out about faith and how to walk in faith, they would rise above the pettiness of racism and racial and color and ethnic prejudice. But I found out, as I've said before, that some people never get by that. And so they're still hung up on it, okay? So I am now doing what I believe God directed me to do to reach people where they are. You have to reach folk where they are, okay? Now let's get on with Brother Willie. We're talking about racism. And we're going to look at this as a letter, supposedly a letter or the Willie Lynch letter dated 1712. I quote, gentlemen, I greet you here on the banks of the James River in the year of our Lord, 1712. First, I shall thank you, gentlemen. First, I shall thank you the gentleman of the colony of Virginia for bringing me here. I am here to help you solve your problems with slaves. Your invitation reached me on my modest plantation in the West Indies, where I have experimented with some of the newest and still the oldest methods of control of slaves. Ancient Rome would envy us if my program were implemented. As our boat sails south on the James River, named for our illustrious king, whose version of the Bible we cherish, I saw enough to know that your problem is not unique. Rome used cords of wood as crosses for standing human bodies along its highways in great numbers. 
you are here using the tree and the rope on occasion. I caught the whiff of a dead slave hanging from a tree a couple of miles back. You are not only losing a valuable stock by hangings, you are having uprisings. Slaves are running away. Your crops are sometimes left in the fields too long for maximum profit. You suffer occasional fires. Your animals are killed. Gentlemen, you know what your problems are. I do not need to elaborate. I am here to enumerate. I'm not here to enumerate your problem. I am here to introduce you to a method of solving your problems. Now, every black person and every other ethnic group, but primarily every black person, you need to hear what I'm getting ready to read. Mr. Lynch goes on to say, in my bag here, I have a foolproof method for controlling your black slaves. I guarantee every one of you that if installed correctly, it will control the slaves for at least 300 years. My method is simple. Any member of your family or your overseer can use it. I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves. And I take these differences and make them bigger. I use fear, distrust, envy for control purposes. These methods have worked on my modest plantation in the West Indies, and it will work throughout the South. Take this simple list of differences and think about them. On top of my list, is age, but it is there only because it starts with an A. The second is color or shade. There is intelligence, size, sex, size of plantation, attitude of owners, whether the slave lives in the valley, on the hill, east, west, north, south, have fine hair, coarse hair, or is tall or short. Now you have a list of differences. I shall give you an outline of action, but before that, I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than trust, and envy is stronger than adulation, respect, or admiration. The black slave, after receiving this indoctrination, shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-generating for hundreds of years, maybe thousands. You still here? Don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the young black male and the young black male against the old black male. You must use the dark-skinned slaves versus the light-skinned slaves and the light-skinned slave versus the dark-skinned slave. You must use the female versus the male and the male versus the female. You must also have your white servants and overseers distrust all blacks. But it is necessary that your slave trust and depend on us. They must love, respect, and trust only us. Gentlemen, these kits are your keys to control. Use them. Have your wives and children use them. Never miss an opportunity. If used intensely for one year, the slaves themselves will remain perpetually distrustful. Thank you, gentlemen. End of quote. Now here, listen to this. We African-Americans have been, ever since the beginning of slavery, superbly brainwashed. It is a fact that the Willie Lynch letter 
cannot be historically validated. However, if we go by history, the principles outlined in his letter have been at work among us in no uncertain terms. Even though the Willie Lynch letter cannot be historically proved to be authentic, there is another document that is similar in its purpose. Now, whether it's true or not, in actuality, I, I can't I can't say. I've searched everywhere. There is no actual historical validation for the authenticity of the Willie Lynch letter. <laughs> but whether the letter is authentic or not, everything in that turkey is in operation and has been for the last 400 years. They have worked a royal game on us. And they are still working that game today. The demise of the black male has been fostered by the rise of the black female. They, they know and they have known that the way you emasculate a black man is to put him in position where he cannot fend for himself, where he has a difficult time truly being a man and the head of his house. And so they hired black females over the black male. They're still doing it today. And so the man gets to the point where it feels like he's nothing, has no self-confidence, no self-worth. Then they've worked this thing on us where we can't work together, won't work together. They have purposely, insidiously planted the distrust of one black for another because they know that if we ever get together, if we ever become one, we will become dangerous. Dangerous in the sense that we will begin to take charge of our own destiny. Instead of relying on the white man, we'll rely upon our own abilities and our own resources. But as long as they can keep us dependent upon them, then we never come into our own as humans and above all as true Christians. They started that game years ago. I, as I say, the letter, Willie Lynch letter, cannot be documented as authentic, but the principles definitely are. Somebody started in principles and they work working, and they've been working. And that's why we're in the miserable condition as a group of people that we are. Because we've been brainwashed. We got to change that. And we can. We must. We have to. If we're going to have a future. Now, there is another document that is similar in its purpose that without question can be validated. I have a copy of the original document. I got it from the archives of this particular state. I refer to the speech of Henry Berry of Jefferson in the House of Delegates of Virginia on the abolition of slavery. Page three, Monday, January 16, 1832. And I want to quote from that speech. It's a long speech, but I want to quote something from it. Senator Berry is speaking. Henry Berry is speaking. He said, pass as severe laws as you will to keep these unfortunate creatures in ignorance. See, last week we found out from one of the states in their law that you were a thing. Now, Brother Berry is letting you know you're a creature.
pass as severe laws as you will to keep these unfortunate creatures in ignorance. It is in vain unless you can extinguish, extinguish the spark of intellect which God has given them. Let any man who advocates slavery examine the system of laws that we have adopted from stern necessity, it may be said, towards these creatures, and he may shed a tear upon that. And would to God, sir, the memory of it might thus be blotted out forever. Sir, we have as far. Now, this is the part I want you to get. Oh, Jesus, help us to get this. Help every white person that hears me to get this. Help every Hispanic, every Latino, every Latin, every black person, every Asian, every uh, Indian, uh, whatever ethnicity you are. Oh, help, help us to get this. Because see, our whole nation is suffering because of the suffering of the black man in America. Now, I, I wish, let me have your bulletin here, son. Hand me that. I wish I could get this where, well, they can put it on the big screen. They can put, come over here and get this on the screen. Now, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I mean when I say they're suffering. That's the black man, okay? Now here's the white man, and he puts his foot on the black man. That's what's been happening for 400 years. Now watch this, now it's what I'm talking about when I say everybody suffers, because to keep him down, I gotta keep my foot on him. So I'm limited in where I can go. I can't go any, I, I, I can't go anywhere because I got to keep my foot on him. Everybody suffers. You get that? All right. Now listen. Listen to this. This is this is this is Henry Berry. Listen to this. We have as far as possible. See when he says we now He's talking about white America of 1832 and before. Listen to this carefully now. We have, not they have, we have, as far as possible, closed every avenue by which light might enter their, the slaves' minds. We have only to go one step further to extinguish the capacity to see the light and our work would be completed. They would then be reduced to the level of the beast of the field and we should be safe. See, that's why I use the Willie Lynch letter, even though it's not actually authenticated but the principles enunciated in it, the same kind of thing here. He said, we've closed every door. We, we, we've done everything we could to keep the light from them. Are you following me? See, it was a purposeful, deliberate, premeditated conspiracy to keep us in the dark. It's not by accident. All right, listen on now. He goes on to say, and I am not certain that we would not do it if we could find out the necessary process and that under the plea of necessity. But, sir, this is impossible. And can and can man be in the midst of free men and not know what freedom is? End of quote. Now, actually, Henry Berry was really making a positive overall. If you listen, read the whole speech. He's talking about the fact that slavery ought to be abolished. But I wanted you to get that one statement in there where it was said, we have closed every door. Are you following what I'm saying? Because that that's a conspiracy. And because to keep people ignorant, then you can you can manipulate them. 
listen, that, that's the reason why I keep telling you, and I'm not just doing it to pump you up. I'm not just doing it just to be sensational, but I'm doing it to help you to recover yourself out of this thing if by chance you happen to have it like I happened to have it 27 years ago. This idea of low self-esteem, this idea of not feeling too good about myself, you need to stop and think of how marvelous we actually are. Because listen, it was against the law to teach a slave to read. It was against the law. And even after slavery was supposedly over in 1865, they did everything they could to keep us from going to school. But just think about it, with all that's been against us, just think of what has happened since that time. That ought to, that you, just that ought to make you feel a little bit good about yourself. Yes. Not better than someone else, but just good about you. Well, see, they know that if you ever learn how to read, you become dangerous. See, I'm dangerous. Because I can read. Ooh, I'm dangerous. And see, all this stuff, they recorded all this stuff, but it's not common knowledge. You, didn't, you ain't gonna learn this in your school, especially in no ghetto school. They ain't gonna teach you this, hardly in no school, university or anything else, but definitely not in the ghetto school. But it ought to be taught in the ghetto school. It ought to be taught from preschool right on up through college. It's a miracle that we black folk have been able to maintain our sanity in the face of the kind of conspiracy perpetrated against us over these hundreds of years that we have been in America. God must have a purpose for us. Now listen to this. In a book entitled Free at Last by Michael Goings, copyright 1995 by Michael Goings, Treasure House, an imprint of Destiny Image Publishers, Incorporated. On page 16, the author makes a statement that is very germane to our subject. I quote, superiority complexes constitute one of the major causes of racism in the church and society. Although some would call this a psychological term, the fact is that this form of pride is perfectly described in the book of Romans, Romans 12 and 3, where it says, and we won't turn to it, but it says, to not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. In fact, let's read that. Let, 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 let's go to that Romans 12 and 3, because I think this is a good time for me to do a commercial announcement. Amen. I mean, somebody ought to do something for us. I mean, we advertise hamburgers and automobiles and, you know, all kind of other stuff. Why not advertise us? Amen. Watch this now. Now, this is a very interesting passage of scripture, and it will give you the biblical background for why periodically I have said you ought to feel good about yourself. You remember me saying that? See, it's not a hype. This is not a hype. This is biblical. Now, watch this. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Romans 12 and 3 says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I don't want to read anymore. I just want to read that. I'm going to read it again. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. 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 More highly than he ought to think this is telling me that i ought to think highly about myself but just guard myself not to think more highly than i ought to think you get that we ought to think highly of ourselves and then, of course when you start doing that then folk will call you like they do me arrogant but that's bible see you're supposed to think highly of yourself guess what I'm going to answer that. <laughs> Guess what? 
if you don't think highly of yourself, who is? If you don't, who is? Certainly not the slave master. Hmm. Now let me go back and say that again. The fact is that this form of pride is perfectly described in the book of Romans. This is the author that's uh, I'm quoting from Romans 12, 3, as thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. People with racist beliefs exaggerate their importance and ethnicity to overshadow the value of others who are different than them. To think more highly of yourself than you ought to is actually a sin because it blatantly disobeys God's direct command. On page 17, the author makes another pointed statement. I quote, if racism in the church is to ever be conquered, white believers who constitute the vast majority of believers in the American population of the church need to realistically evaluate their attitudes about their black brethren and those of other minority groups. This superiority complex must be exposed and destroyed so that equality will abound and unity will be achieved. Now, friends, listen, I know that for some people, this, this could very well be hurtful if you take it personally, okay? I'm not dealing with you as a person. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm dealing with the system and by chance, if you happen to be a part of that system, well, then you'll be able to understand its operation and perhaps be able to do something positive to impede its progress, yea, to annihilate it because it's not good. And I'm not, we're not talking about everybody. We know that it's not every white person. We know that. I know that. And I'm not saying that. So don't take it personally. Don't, don't, it's not against you personally, but you are the dominant society in this country. You make the rules. You have the power. You're in control. If there's anything wrong, you got to fix it. Because you're the only ones that have the capacity to do so. You own everything. You control everything. So who else is going to fix it? <laughs> and again, don't take it personally like I'm mad at you, but I want to emphasize this. I want you to hear what I'm saying. And so I found out when you get loud and ugly, folk listen. When you're nice and sweet, they think you're a wimp and think that what you're saying is not of much value. So, moving right along. Now, that may be a bitter pill, as I said, for some to swallow, but it is non nonetheless the truth. Willie Lynch was not black. Henry Berry was not black. It was not blacks that went to Europe and kidnapped and brought in chains to America as slaves, white Europeans. In other words, black folk didn't go to Europe and take white folk into slavery and bring them to America. It was not blacks that instituted slavery in America and blacks did not institute Jim Crow laws. And if my information is correct, I don't believe that there are any black members of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> On page 80, the author pricks a sensitive nerve with many people when he says, I quote, Many Christians are guilty of the sin of racism because their minds have been blurred by cultural tradition passed down from generation to generation. This is especially true for many white Southerners who were taught from infancy that they were superior to African-Americans, end of quote. Notice that the author says many, not all. So again, don't get personal on this. <clears throat> don't take it personally. Unless he's talking about you. 
because nobody called any name. What are we going to do about this superior and inferior lie in the face of what the Bible says about the subject? Question, what are we going to do about this superior and inferior lie in the face of what the Bible says about the subject? For instance, let's go to the Old Covenant, 1 Samuel chapter 16. First book of Samuel chapter 16. All right. First Samuel 16. Now, see, my, my ultimate goal in this series, the ultimate target area that God has assigned me is the church. See, because I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm not a politician. See, I, I, I'm not a activist as such. But I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm a Christian. And that's the ultimate target area. But I have to build, have to lay the foundation so that you can see what's going on. Because society, because Christians make up society. Okay? And this this inferior, because that's that's the whole bottom line issue, see, is this inferior superior crap better known as garbage, garbage, see? And it's, and, and the thing that's so sad is that America spouts off about being a Christian nation and they don't even know how to spell it. Pitiful. Christian in name, but certainly not in action. And you know what Jesus said? The name don't mean a thing. The bottom line is the tree is known by its fruit, not by its name. Now here is what the Bible says, and you'll see how far off our nation is, and that's why we're having all the problems that we're having. People don't understand, but it's a spiritual base that's causing all these other problems that we see all over the world and all the things that America is involved in. See, because we had an opportunity here in this nation to do it God's way. <clears throat> but when, when, when the Europeans arrived on this soil, they said, business as usual. In fact, we go improve what we did in Europe. We're going to enslave a whole race of people. First Samuel chapter 16, verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you see, I challenge you and tell you, you have something wrong with you if you claim that you know God and you claim that you know Jesus Christ and you claim you're filled with the spirit and you claim you walk by this word. If you're like your daddy, you ought to act like him instead of looking out here at this exterior stuff. Look at my heart. <clears throat> hmm. See, that's what the whole problem is. People looking at the outside, looking at the name never even ne never even uh, looked at the heart. Martin Luther King said it so aptly. I had no point in me trying to improve on it. Excellent. Superb. He said, don't judge me by the color of my skin, but by the content of my character. That's good. I like that. That's what God does. See, your outward appearance 
your outward looks, that doesn't impress God. Because stuff can look good on the outside and be nothing but rot on the inside. Case in point, visit your local cemetery. No more beautiful outward place to behold. But under the ground ain't nothing but dead men's bones. Check out my heart. Not my skin. All right, let's look at another scripture. Psalm 139. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. 139 Psalm. Verse 14, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. He's talking, the psalmist is talking about man. And all of us are man. Mankind, in other words. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, the seventh chapter. See, America is on dangerous ground. White America is on dangerous ground. I'm not threatening you, so you don't need to take me out. I'm just showing you. What the Bible says, you claim to believe the Bible. In fact, you have it printed on your money in God we trust. Black folk didn't put that on your money. You did. So if you trust him, why don't you believe him? Why don't you act like him? Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. But with what judgment you judge... You will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's coming back, America. It's coming back. Read it and weep. While you're in that same chapter, look at verse 5. Hypocrites, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Acts chapter 10. Y'all still here? All right, in verse 43, it says to him, and if you go back and read the context, it's talking about Jesus of Nazareth. It says to him, the person now, to him, all the prophets witness, talking about Jesus, to him, all the prophets witness that, Through his name, that is the name of Christ. Whoever, say whoever. Say whoever. Say whoever. Say whoever. I said I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Now, question. And I have my young students here in front of me. Erudite and scholarly, each one. A students plus each one. I will appeal to the intelligentsia. And I will ask them to give me the etymological definition of the word whoever. Anyone. Go girl. Yeah. Or. All. Yeah, talk to me. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold, wait a minute. Uh, anyone? Uh, anyone? Oh, well, what you're saying then? What you're saying, if it's anyone, did you say whoever? Did you say what else? All. Yeah, all. all. So all would mean also everybody. That's what you said, everybody. Yeah. 
Okay, if it's if it's all, if it's everybody, and and notice now 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 maybe my eyes are failing me, or maybe I have a bad translation of the Bible. But as I read that verse in my version of the Bible, something was conspicuous in its absence. And that is the fact I did not notice anything in there indicating color or ethnicity. I, I didn't see nothing in there about white or black or brown or red or yellow or male or female or young or old. I, now, maybe does your Bible say something there about color? Ethnicity, yeah, it, it doesn't? Hmm, interesting. My, my Bible says to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes, whoever believes will receive remission of sins. Whoever. Well, I'm a whoever. <laughs> what about you? You be a whoever too? I be a whoever. Had nothing to do with color. All right, move on to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll look at two verses. Oh, Lord Jesus. This is now the verses I'm getting ready to read now. In fact, I, I don't know whether I ought to read these verses. No, 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 no. Now, I think, I think these, these, these verses will tend to incriminate this nation that calls itself Christian. I'm talking to the ones that claim to be Christians. Let it be known. Let it be known, Pastor. I... I don't know. It, 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 I don't know if I ought to read this. I think maybe the nation should take the fifth because it may tend to incriminate them. Fifth Amendment, not a fifth of scotch. I had someone over here look very surprised when I said fifth. I guess they thought I was talking about four roses. I'm talking about the fifth. I think it's the fifth amendment or something, something like that. You know, I take the fifth, you know. I will not answer because it may tend to incriminate me. Oh, America, 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 America. Church in America. Oh, my God. Listen to this. Oh, I don't know if you're ready for this. All right. Therefore, verse 16 and 17. Therefore, from now on. Say from now on. From now on. Say from now on. From now on. Now watch this. Here is the. Here's the tragedy of this statement. I want you to get the enormity of this. Here's the tragedy of this statement. When it says from now on, that's, 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 that's the apostle Paul writing. And he says from now on. So my, my assumption would be that if he says from now on, he means from now on since I have written this. But guess what? He wrote this 2,000 years ago. <laughs> so from now on, started then. Okay. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. But white folks do. Don't be offended. Please don't be offended. It's not personal, but it's truth. I can't help it. I didn't start it. You claim to know God. You claim it's a Christian nation. You say in God we trust on the money. You ought to say in the money we trust and we don't know God. That's what you ought to print on there. <laughs> All right, now y'all act right now. All right, verse 16 again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no more or no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new.
What happened? What happened? What happened to the church? The church does regard after the flesh. I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's why the white folks left the inner city. The inner city used to be all white. There were little pockets here and there of blacks and others. What happened? Because blacks started moving in. And the white folks started looking at the flesh. They weren't looking at the character. Because if they were, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have left. Again, I know you didn't do it and I didn't do it and we didn't do it. But we need to find out why things are so screwed so that we can help to fix it. Amen. If we don't know how the thing got started, we may end up doing the same thing again. Amen. So we should, as Christians, regard no man after the flesh. And what a wonderful witness we would make as Christians if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ did that. What an impact it would make on the world. But the world has looked at the church and the church has been more divided, sectarian, racist, and prejudiced than any other institution. The Ku Klux Klan, the Ku Klux Klan look like kindergartners compared to what the church has done in sending a message to the world. Understand how I'm saying that now? Understand how I'm saying that? Because the church has been perpetuating this thing for 2,000 years. Especially here in America for the last 400 years. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3rd. I hope you're getting this. Oh, I mean that we got a ooh, we got a lot. We got a lot to straighten out. And I and see, I'm not even in the religion section yet. I'm not even I I, I mean it's oh yes, 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 yes. Galatians chapter three, and uh we'll look at verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't something wrong? Something is wrong. Twenty seven, twenty six, twenty five years ago, one of the largest publishers of religious materials, and if I mentioned their name, you would know them immediately. White company, white owned, had a reputation going back until to when Jesus was here. They would not print my book because I was black. They said, "Now, now get this." The, the, I, I assume they're Christians. I would think that people that print religious materials ought to be religious. But maybe they're not. But my assumption is that they were. And you know what they said? You know what they said? Do you know what they said? Well, that's why I'm going to tell you. I thought you'd want to know. You want to know, brother? You want to know? You want to know? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway, so it don't make no difference. Religious publisher. They said we will not publish a black man's book. Why? Because nobody's going to buy it. Who wants to hear what an ape has to say? Who wants to hear what a monkey has to say? Wouldn't print my book because I'm black. Hang what was in the book. Forget about the quality of the material that was in the book. Forget that. Forget the anointing that God put upon my life to share the word with other people. Forget that. He's black. We can't print it. Well, guess what? You don't have to. We print our own books. 
take your book and stick it in your ear. Of course, now morality has taken a back seat to money, honey. And now they found out that black dollars spin just like white dollars spin. So they'll print it now because of the money. But that's sick. And it's sinful. Ah, turn to First Timothy chapter 5. Oh, I know you don't like it, but I could care less. You've already heard it, and you'll go to your grave with it. Ain't nothing you can do to forget about it. The Holy Spirit's going to bring it to your mind while you sleep. Wake you up in the middle of the night. Okay, First Timothy. <laughs> Woo, First Timothy. I didn't get as far as I thought I was going to get. I had so much to give you today. My, my, my. All right, First Timothy chapter 5. Uh, and verse. Oh, God. I, no, I can't read this one. No, ain't open. We might as well move on. I, it, I dare not read this verse. Oh, no, 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 no. America cannot handle this. Okay, my time's running out. Let me go ahead and read it. I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then I'm going to hide. I'm going to read and hide. Watch this now. First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 21. I charge you, therefore, or I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Nothing with partiality. And I'd be out of time, but... Stay right where you are. If this message has been a blessing to you, the announcer will tell you some very important information about how you may obtain an audio cassette of the message which you've just heard for your own spiritual enrichment and edification. Remember again that these telecasts and radio broadcasts are made possible by the continued free will offering the view of the viewers and listeners. Remember also these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. But we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I gratefully appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said.